0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Volume. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet the big game. Bet just five bucks. That's it, five bucks and get 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings sportsbook app. Takes about 90 seconds. Use the code COLIN. C O L I N. New customers bet 5 bucks, get 150 instantly in bonus bets for the big game. DraftKings an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Remember, redeem code COLIN. C O L I N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, Licensee Partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms, and responsible gaming
1: resources. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. Uh, we got a couple pieces of business. Uh, and then we'll get into the show. Uh, first, as we've said, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash at Draymond Green Show. Uh, subscribe to there. All your content for the podcast will be there. Secondly, I really encourage you to go check out our interview with Asia Wilson last week. Uh, incredible interview! Obviously, she's our MVP. Um, one of the one of the greatest players ever already in the WNBA, which I think is absolutely incredible because she's kind of just really scratching the surface of what her uh, surface of what her potential is, and so. Uh, it's been extremely pleasure to watch her, um, to watch her growth, to watch her growth as a woman um, has been even more enjoyable. And as you all know, uh, you go check out the the episode. Um, Asia has a book coming out on February 6th uh, titled Dear Black Girls. Um, and, you know, it's about her journey growing up in South Carolina, um, <clears throat> kind of not fitting in over here yet not fitting in on this side as well, you know, and, and, and that journey all the way up to WNBA superstar um, superstar in general. I was like, let's not even put a WNBA title on a superstar. And, um, and so you, you all make sure you go check that out as well, but check out the interview. I enjoyed it. It It's a fun interview. uh, Very insightful. Hope you all enjoy it when you check it out. Third, um, I know we have lots of new fans, uh, new subscribers, and I saw a couple of y'all asking who it is that pops up on the pod occasionally. <laughs> um, that's my producer, uh, Jackson, uh, Jackson can say what's up to y'all. He'll pop up again right now.
0: What's up, y'all?
1: Uh, Jackson, Jackson does everything with the show. Like I come on here, I talk. Um, and Jackson makes it pretty easy for me. He's Jackson is a one-man wrecking crew. Uh, when we're in person, Jackson's setting up the camera. Um, Jackson's making sure all the audio is good. Every now and then, Jackson will bring someone, but like he's a one-man band. Uh, he's editing. He's recording. He's producing. He's doing the whole thing. So when Jackson pop up on here, uh, just know that Jackson Mike is always right in front of him. He's always ready to jump in if he needs to jump in. And when you do that much work for something, um, allow us to continue to bring you great content, content that you want to hear, content that you subscribe uh, and signed up for. It's only right that you share the wealth. And I enjoy when Jackson jump in. But that's Jackson, everybody. Uh, that is the producer of the show since the beginning. Um And Jackson is a Celtics fan, so never forget that. Uh, One of the most fun days of the podcast was celebrating on the Celtics podium and Jackson having to record a podcast in the TD Garden. And then creep on through the TD Garden with me to our team party. What a time. So that's Jackson, (laughs) everybody. Now let's get into the show. Man, the Dubs lose another tough game at Atlanta last night. And, um, very frustrating, uh, especially with Steph having the type of night that he has 60, uh, we did beat the Grizzlies, um, on the first night of the back-to-back, uh, then flew to Atlanta and lost, uh, a game that was very winnable, another game that was very winnable for us, um, like I said, Steph went for 60, the rest of us didn't play too well, uh we were 30, shot 30, everybody else shot 38% from the field, eight for 38 from three, and he had Steph with 10 threes. Um, it always sucks when you lose a game. When you lose a game and your guy go off like that, it's even worse because you just feel like you had a total letdown. Uh, you feel like you didn't hold up your end of the bargain because there's no way he has 60 points and we lose, you know, and so that in itself always sucks. Um, we're in a we're in a very interesting stretch right now, Uh very interesting stretch where you know some very winnable games uh, on the strip, and we need to put some wins together. Uh, this is, right now is a very key time for us, and you know it feels like we're turning the corner, you know. And then you kind of have these setbacks, of like a loss like last night, where you like we really should win that game. And um, trying to string some wins together has been a challenge for this team, but I still believe that we're capable of doing that. I do think, um, you know, we've been on the run for a very long time, and, like, as time has gone on, our margin for error has shrunk dramatically. And... I think that's what's very interesting thing. So you look at all these close games. We got like 30 of them. The margin for error is so small. And I think for us, I think we're making a bunch of mistakes that we should not be making. A bunch of small mistakes. And you start to add those small mistakes up over the course of a game, things that you can take away. And, like, they just usually come back to bite you in the end. And so I feel like that's, like, a lot of what's been happening with us is, like, You just make these small mistakes over and over and over and over and over again. And at a certain point, it's just impossible to overcome them. Everyone always say, what is it that this team have to do in order to turn that corner? And the reality is, I don't think there's one thing to pinpoint. I think there's a few things to pinpoint. But most importantly, we have to play more mistake-free basketball. Like, stop making little mistakes that we make throughout the course of a game And if you can stop doing that, then you're able to build leads, right? Like, we'll have times where we're playing well during the game and we're not able to build a lead because then those mistakes come in, right? And so then you're kind of fighting a battle the entire game, an uphill battle. All of a sudden, a team go on a run. They take control of the game. Now you're fighting for control back. You're fighting against those mistakes even more. And so I just think we need to play more mistake-free basketball, like. And I know that sounds like a very broad term, but it's like small, simple mistakes that you actually can control. Like we actually can control those things. And I think that's the key. Like I think that's what we have to do in order to, again, turn this thing around. And I think we're more than capable. Like you see some of these games, you're like, oh, it's coming together, right? Like, And then you drop one that you should have, again. And so that's frustrating. Uh, However, Steph Curry becomes only the second player um, with the great Kobe Bryant to score 60 after turning 35 years old. Man, I tell you, um, Steph had that look last night in that second half where you just knew, like, you needed to get out the way. And, man, it's one of the most incredible things to watch him have those types of performances. I personally... um, You know, you start to, like, expect these things and then you, like, to still end up in awe. Like, you already expect the world of Steph Curry, right? And, like, and yet I'm still in awe at times of his shot-making ability, of his ability. Like, he's doing the, the way defenses react to Steph. No no defenses has ever reacted to a player in the history of basketball like defenses react to Steph Curry. And I personally... Um, I've watched a lot of basketball. Obviously, <clears throat> I didn't see with the Will Chamberlains and the Bill Russells, but I've watched a lot of basketball. I've never seen a defense react like the way defenses react to Steph is like how how you see like a high a, a bad high school team react to a great player. It's insane. Like the attention this man commands, and so. We still got to figure out how to make teams pay for that attention that they're giving him. And I think at times, like I said, we're doing a good job of it. And at times it goes haywire. And so the consistency, maybe that's the word I'm looking for. We need more consistency, more consistency in our decision making, more consistency in our on on, on the defensive end, uh, more consistency consistency on the offensive end, making sure you don't have these spells where you get a bunch of bad shots, you know, and like the game starts to turn. And so that's the word for the dubs, consistency. We need to be a lot more consistent because if you're not consistent, you end up a bad team right around 500. And if you are consistent, that is what gets you over the hump. That's the difference in between a good team and a bad team. It's simply your habits and your consistency. And right now we don't have great consistency and that's something that if we're going to change this thing, it has to be better. Because that's the only way you can win in this league. And saying that, and speaking of Steph Curry's 60, uh, which leads me straight into our next subject. That is all-star snubs. Uh, Trey Young, 27 points and 11 assists. All-star snub. Like, this, 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 this conversation will get a little interesting because it's like the tale of two tapes and yet Both of them kind of got screwed, which is, this is a very, like, statistical-driven lead. Like, you look at analytics, you look at guys, you have some guys play for stats to get their contracts, to do all these things. Like, it is a very statistical-driven lead. That's how you get awards, that's how you get the mentions, the honors. It is stat-driven. No question about it. So now, if the league is stat-driven, these things shall get interesting. That is, Trey Young, 27 points, 11 assists, currently on a four-game winning streak, and currently 10th in the standings. So they're currently the last team in the play-in game, half a game out of ninth place, a few games out of eighth place. So now you may say, okay, they have not had a successful season, which is indeed true. But in saying that, then that does not explain why DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox was snubbed. De'Aaron Fox is averaging 27.5 points and five assists. The Kings are currently at fifth in the West and has been in the top for most of the year. Uh, But they're currently at fifth, which means very much so in the playoffs. Uh, right there next to home court advantage in the first round, but they're in fifth. 27-5. You got DeMontis Sabonis averaging 19.9 points, so we're just going to give them 20. 13 rebounds and 8 assists, and the Kings are in fifth place. Now that's interesting because in a stat-driven league, we have the tell of two tastes, which is one team that's right on the brink of the playoffs. Another team that is firmly into the playoff uh, picture right now. All three with incredible stats. None make the All-Star game. Now, the one thing that I can understand is De'Aaron Sabonis and, um, excuse me, De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis probably pulled votes from each other because they probably would both be wild cards. You look at... Um, you look at the all-star rosters, and you got Carl Anthony Towns uh, as, as a backup in the West. Uh, you got Anthony Davis as a backup in the West. And so that right there, and there's one more front. Oh, Kawhi Leonard, I think. Um, is Kawhi a backup in the West, or is Kawhi a starter? No, Kawhi's not a starter. Kawhi is a backup. So there's your three front-court players. Then you get two backcourt players, and then you get two wildcards. So now the wildcards, and which is what De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis would be fighting for, if you look at the roster, they probably pull votes from each other. Because if you're looking at them, you're like, ah, it's Sabonis from me for that team. It's Fox for me from that team. And so in turn, I think they pull votes from each other. And when they pull votes from each other, then someone else kind of slides in that's solely getting the votes from their team. So for instance, an in AD is solely getting a vote from the Lakers because Braun's a starter. Now you look at them and you say, wow, um, they got two guys into the All-Star game, and they are currently they are currently in ninth place uh and have been around ninth through eleventh most of the year. And they got two all-stars in the game. But, like, which one of those guys do you take out? Like, because it's also a fan thing. Like, for instance, Braun made uh, is a starter part, in part due to fans, media, and then also players. But let's face it, like, is going to be a starter. Does AD deserve not to make it? AD's been playing all season. Everybody's complaint had been games, and he's played a bunch of games, and he's producing at a high level. So should he not make it, but yet their team is in ninth? So again, it starts to weigh those things. Are like what, like what is the criteria? There's never been a, a set criteria. Is it your team success, personal success, a combination of both? Again, the Kings guys and Fox and Sabonis kind of proves that the combination of both may be screwing you a bit. And so it's it's, it's very interesting, and and like I said, I I, I don't. I don't have anything for the Trey Young situation other than, you know, they say a lot of coaches or a lot of people don't appreciate Trey's style of play. You know, so he'd be voted in by the coaches and they don't appreciate the style of play or how he competes on the defensive end or whatever. I'll tell you what, guarding Trey Young is hell. Hell. Like, the way he uses his live threats, uh, the way he uses the guys around him. Uh, he's great in the pick and roll. He's super fast. Obviously, we know he can shoot the blood out the ball. Uh, he gets in between, you know, the the rim, that kind of mid-range area, kind of floaters, good finishing around the rim, all of that. So, listen, I hear people complaints and all of that, but I'm going to tell you, as someone who got half the guard, it's hell guarding Trae Young. now
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting
1: a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all.
0: I said, I said OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because ain't I it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com that's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today.
1: Yes Trey Young uses different things to get by drawing different files and different stuff like that. Of course but I But most of the great scorers in the league use things like that. So to average 27 and 11 and not make the All-Star and like this is the third year where he's averaged like 25-plus points, 10 assists, dang near, and didn't make the All-Star team. And I just find that very interesting because I've seen guys make it off stats alone in previous years. And for some reason— uh that just does not apply to Trey Young now you got Julius Randle out and you have um possibly Joel uh both missing the all-star game and if they do uh let's see who who would our um subs be or replacements for the east you got a group of Trey Young you got a group of Scotty Barnes. Um, you have
0: Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, Chris Stapps, Drew Holiday.
1: Yes. Uh, there's your list right there. By the way, for all y'all, there's Jackson stepping in, helping me out, keeping us rolling. Um, So, yeah, you have a, a list of about five or six guys who could get in. I personally think with the talk around Trey, you know, with a replacement being named, he's already an all-star. All-stars usually get the nod. Um, I also can see that uh, him as one of the replacements. A lot of people say Scotty Barnes. I think Scotty's growth has been incredible. I probably would lean a little more. Jimmy's missed quite a few games. Um, And so I think that'll work against Jimmy. Jimmy quite honestly, doesn't care about being an all-star or anything else anyway. Um, you got Christos Porzingis, who I think has has had a good year, and, and their team is right at the top of the East. Um, number one, actually, by quite a, four games. And so, however, that team also does have two all-stars on it already. Do you get three? Huh. I mean, you, there's there's no other all-star for Cleveland this year. The Knicks got both of those guys. There's no other all-star for Philly. There's no other all-star for Indiana. Pascal. Uh, Pascal got traded to Indiana, so maybe Pascal. Um, there's no other all-star for Miami, uh, Orlando, Chicago, maybe DeMar. Um, and so when you start to look at it, I think Trey Young gets in, it'll be interesting to see who that second person would be. Um, like I said, I think it'll probably be Chris Stops, maybe Drew Holiday. Um, one of those guys, I think probably more Chris Stops. But there you go. You may have a couple replacements on that side of things, and it'll be interesting to see. Uh, just for your information, the replacements are picked by Commissioner Adam Silver. Um, that's who choose the replacements. And so we'll see. But I, like I said, I, I don't have a good explanation for you. Um, other than the ones that I've given you, uh because again, that's two different tells that it take. one team is winning, one team is not all three got crazy stats, and none of them make the all star game. Wow, especially you know with you you think like Fox coming off the playoffs he had and the different things like and then to comeback producing like he is, you think that he takes that next step in respect. And then you got, you know, it's funny because stuff like this always happen where you got guys making their next jump. And depending on the jump of others can affect someone else's jump. You know, uh, we've seen it for years with Mike Conley being in the Western Conference and not being able to get an all-star bid because Russell Westbrook is in the Western Conference. Steph Curry's in the Western Conference. Uh, the list goes on and on. The guys who's in, then you got... Then all of a sudden, you had Luka coming into the West the Conference on the tail. And the list goes on and on over the years. Tony Parker, Darren Williams, uh, Damian Lillard, Klay Thompson. Like, the list goes on and on where it kind of hurt Chris Paul, uh, where, where it hurt Mike Conley. And so you could be seeing one of those situations as well where Shea is playing so great. Anthony Edwards is playing so great. So you got those young guys in the West, right? You still got the Steph Curry. You still got Luka Doncic, right? You still got these different guys. And sometimes guys just get squos. And it's unfortunate. Uh, somebody was saying the other day, like, well, maybe they should raise the, the all-star game to 15. No, the hell they shouldn't. No, they should not raise the all-star game to 15. That's not happening. Uh, One more thing on the All-Star game, and then I got one last thing to hit on, and then we're going to get out of here. Adrian Griffin, Doc Rivers. Let's rewind a little bit. Doc Rivers is the head coach, after coaching three games, the head coach of the Eastern Conference All-Stars. That's crazy. Uh, Let me tell you why that's crazy. Number one. Like, y'all know I got mad love for Doc. And Doc says something which I commend him on. Doc has always been a stand-up gentleman. He's been in the NBA his whole life. That's why. Stand-up person. Um, stand-up gentleman. Nothing but respect and love for Doc. Absolutely insane that he's coaching the Eastern Conference All-Star game when he was just uh, talking at the Warriors game, on, on doing, analyzing the game a week and a half ago. But um, Doc said that... Um, The ring from the All-Star game and the bonus will be going to Adrian Griffin. Uh, Respect that. Uh, Respect the hell out of that. Me personally, I think Adrian Griffin should have still been the coach of the All-Star team. And here's why I think that. Because Adrian Griffin earned the right to be the coach of an All-Star team. In his first year, he earned the right being number two in the conference because last year Boston was number one, so Joe Mazzulla and his staff was the coach you cannot coach in the All-Star game two years in a row. That's why when the Dubs was dominating all those things, you wouldn't see Steve coaching the All-Star game every year because you can't coach it two years in a row. So Joe Mazzulla and his staff are automatically disqualified, which means it moves on to the next team, which is number two seed, Milwaukee Bucks. And Adrian Griffin coached that team to the number two seed, um, before he was fired, in turn they so they get the nod. well, now the head coach is Doc. why i personally why I personally think Adrian Griffin should be the head coach of the all star team is because if a player got traded today, but they're an all star, guess what? They're still going to be an all star so This man gets fired a week and a half, two weeks ago. Why shouldn't he still coach the All-Star team? The work was done. The work was done. So I don't quite understand that. If a player got traded and and he makes the All-Star team, he's going to show up to that team as an Indiana Pacer as opposed to a Toronto Raptor. Pascal Siakam is the most recent trade that came to my mind. But like... He's still being in the All-Star game. So I'm not quite certain why Adrian Griffin isn't in, is still the coach of the All-Star game. But I like I said, I commend that. And that also could get weird as hell, though, because Giannis kind got to sign off on him getting fired, and Dame probably had to sign off to some degree. And so that could get a little awkward, knowing that these two guys signed off on you getting booted. And uh, now you gotta coach them in the All Star Game, where hey everybody celebrated. Um, that could get quite awkward, and maybe that's why. But however, I like Adrian Griffin. We don't know if Adrian Griffin will ever get another head coaching job in this league. In the one year that he did have a head coaching job for the all of four months, um, he coached the team to be to be in position that he be an All Star Game coach. And he won't get it. And I'm not sure he'll ever have that opportunity again. And that sucks. So I wish they could have figured something out for Adrian Griffin to still be the coach of the Eastern Conference All-Stars because he deserved that. And he got booted a little too soon. And um, that sucks. So wishing well for Adrian Griffin. And like I said, hats off the dot. Uh, Much respect and love. Respect the hell out of that. Before we get out of here, Stephen A. Smith, um, who I also, you know, in his clip, he said, I got a lot of love for Draymond Green. That love is mutual. Um, I shared that with you all before. I got a lot of respect for Stephen A. A lot of people having opinions on Stephen A. That isn't my opinion. Um, The the world's opinion on Stephen A. does not apply to me. Um, Real guy, very helpful. Uh, to young guys like myself who's kind of come into this lane of media space. Um, he's the first one to reach out when you do something right and, and, and congratulate you. He's the first one to reach out when you do something wrong and walk you through what you did wrong, how you should have done it, and what you should do next time, how you should approach things. Um, very much so, um, one of the best in the space. Uh, I think he created a space that er- that. No one else can compete in. I think he is the best at what he does. So a lot of love for Stephen A. here. And by the way, Stephen A., you are always welcome on the Draymond Green Show. If you want to come on the Draymond Green Show once a week, we'll have you here, Stephen A. Um, And I'll come on the Stephen A. show once a week. We can can bump our gums wherever you want to bump our gums at, Stephen A. I'm cool with all of that. Um, However, the new media is speaking now. And when you say the new media didn't tell the whole story. We all know, and I'm unapologetic about this, I got a lot of love for Draymond Green. We gonna call out Draymond Green right here on national television. And if he wants me to, I'll come on this damn podcast and call him out in front of his own damn audience. This is not his brightest day. Because you see, when you talk about new media,
0: the obligation is to tell the whole story. He didn't do that. He complained, but he didn't highlight, as you both articulated, the origin of all of this. We're not talking about injured players. We understand legitimately injured players are legitimately injured players. What brought all of this to about,
1: you can take me off the screen individually. I want to look at Wendy and Perk when I'm saying this stuff. We're talking about individuals who took advantage of the privileges that were, that were given to them by people who came before them. Well, quite frankly, my friend, I didn't need to tell the side that you all say every day. Because that's what people is listening to every day. They listening to Stephen A. yell about players uh, not, not not playing and this, that, and the other. But what I specifically said, though, Stephen A., was players are now getting punished for being injured. Because, again, now we sit here and now we know that Joel Embiid, who was the frontrunner of the MVP of the NBA for a second year straight, is now hurt with a torn meniscus. And yes. A torn meniscus in that very knee that was already bothering him. So, by the way, Jonathan Kaminga did fall on his, did fall on his knee, and they said it's his lateral meniscus. I'm no doctor, Stephen A., but I don't think he tore his lateral meniscus by Jonathan Kaminga falling on the knee. The knee was already swelling up days leading up to our game that he played in, which is a sign of something's wrong. Um, when you have a meniscus injury, your knee does swell. So I quite frankly am not of the assumption that Joel Embiid hurt his knee when Jonathan Kaminga fell on him. I don't believe that. I as I said, I'm no doctor, I didn't see any MRI, and so I'm not saying that is the case. I just don't believe he tore his lateral meniscus by his leg getting smashed down to the I don't believe that. Now, Rick Celebrini may say otherwise, however. That knee was already swelling up, and it was already an issue in that knee. So to my point, you got a hurt player, a guy that's legitimately hurt, being affected by a rule of guys, yes, guys were sitting out. I agree. But just like the NBA can investigate anything else, they can investigate and know when someone's sitting out because they're load managing and not sitting out because they're really hurt. The NBA know everything. They can figure out everything. The NBA is like the FBI. Y'all heard Meloho's interview before? The NBA can figure things out. So don't tell me they, that it, couldn't be, it can't be figured out when a guy is really hurt and when a guy is low managing, and that's two totally different things because here it is, we have a Joel B being affected by actually being hurt. We talking legacy here. MVP awards, those things don't come by often. Kevin Durant, who people regard as one of the greatest players they ever played, has won. One. MVPs are hard to come by. He has one. So Joel Embiid on the verge of getting his second one. And he's essentially possibly going to miss extended time because of a rule that's aimed at players resting when healthy. But he's not healthy, though, Stephen, eh? So my argument was, no, guys should be able to low manage. I never said that. I said there's guys that's actually hurt. Tyrese Halliburton actually, when well, we saw the man do the splits. We saw it on TV. The man did the splits. Like, whoa, that's bad. We saw it. So you mean to tell me he's up against the same rule as everybody else? We saw it, Stephen A. We watched him do the splits and get hurt. But he's being punished by a rule that's aimed at stopping guys from sitting when they're healthy. And you can tell me all the other guys said this and all the other guys said that. I got a lot of respect for them. But let's face it. Man, those games were 70-67. to 67. You scored 67 points in the first half, and you could be losing these days. The final scores were 70 to 67. Those teams was getting up 60 shots a game. You get up 60 shots in a game, my friend, you getting ran out the gym. You get, like, the, maybe they weren't even getting up 60 shots. Like, but the game was so much slower. And there, there's so much, so many differences to what how the game is actually played. Those guys weren't running like we run. They weren't. Walking the ball up the floor, dumping it into the post. They weren't running like we run, getting up and down. All of those things make a difference. And so you you got players actually hurt, and they're getting punished by a rule that was made for people sitting out when they aren't hurt. There has to be a different way to place or to, to create a criteria. Because in, in all criteria created, there's unintentional con- consequences. And an unintentional consequence of this one is Joel B will be screwed and not win his second MVP in a row because he actually got hurt. And Tyrese Halliburton is a few games away from not making all NBA because he actually got hurt. And guess what? That's an unintended consequence, Stephen, A. Eh? So, the new media has spoken. The whole story is right there for you. And my brother, you welcome on this podcast anytime, any day, we would love to have you. Appreciate y'all for tuning in to this episode of the Draymond Green Show. That's a wrap. Until next time, peace.